a free download from Delancey Elim Church. Meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elim Church building at Le Banks St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. Contact us to find out more information about us. Please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. Bibles and it says Acts chapter 2 for me. Well known passage, we're just going to have a little look at this this morning. Acts chapter 2, starting from verse 1. The coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? I'm going to stop there. And if you read ahead, you'll know why. Too many difficult names I can't pronounce. Over the uh, next month, the next four, four, well, four weeks, four Sundays, I want us to focus our attention on the Holy Spirit. Um, and I know that when my sister came the other Sunday, she was preaching about the, the, the fire and, and the Spirit within us. And I want us to sort of continue that idea of the Holy Spirit, thinking about the Holy Spirit, and, and ties in a bit as well with what Paul was saying last week, that challenging message about us going and moving on and God is moving and are we going to go with him Um, because we are still in the time between Jesus' ascension and the day of Pentecost okay the day of Pentecost is approaching right it's on the 9th of June and unfortunately I can't be here on that Sunday but you're going to be in safe hands because Tim is going to be leading the service and I know he's already said a little something about what's going to be happening. Um, So it's all just going to be tied together but the day of Pentecost is in a couple of weeks' time and, you know, we are a Pentecostal church. I don't know whether that means much to you or not but we are. We're a Pentecostal church and um, although our service might look very similar to the Baptist church down the road or the Methodist or the charismatic church of England or whatever it is we are defined by the fact that we're Pentecostals which means we have an emphasis on the spirit for today and the gifts of the spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and so it's a really significant thing for us and so in the calendar when Pentecost comes I think that's important yeah it's important for us 
Um, So we're going to look a little bit at the Holy Spirit and this particular day of Pentecost and next week I'm going to be speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a definite, um, definite thing in our lives. Okay, in the sense that I know that we are filled with the Spirit. As soon as we enter into a faith relationship with God, we have the Spirit dwelling within us because the Holy Spirit is, is the, the third person of the Trinity. So we have the Spirit within us. But I think there is a definite moment as well of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to empower us. So I'm going to be speaking more on the baptism of the Holy Spirit next week and just explaining a little bit about what that is. Um, and giving a little bit more detail about the gift of tongues and the gifting of the Holy Spirit. But today I want us to focus on this particular day because sometimes it's easy to be mistaken, it's easy to think that the day of Pentecost started on this day in Acts chapter 2. We can kind of be mistaken to think, oh, that was the day of Pentecost when it started, when people were baptised in the Spirit. But actually, that's not the case at all. The day of Pentecost, this festival, is celebrated right from the Old Testament times. Um, It's in the Jewish calendar, okay, the day of Pentecost. It's not called Pentecost for the Jews. Oh, hello. Um, But the, the... traditional name of the festival is the Feast of Weeks, which you might have heard before, or Shavuot, okay? And that's the Jewish festival, and that's what the Jews were celebrating on this particular day, okay? When the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2, the people were gathered because they were celebrating this festival, the festival of Pentecost known to us today. Pentecost because it derives from the Greek word, which means 50th and it's 50 days after the Passover. So this day was 50 days after the Passover and they were celebrating the Feast of Weeks. It was a festival where all the Jews would be gathered together. So this isn't the first day, as it were, but it's the first time that the Holy Spirit comes in power upon the people after Jesus had ascended. So the disciples would have been gathered together anyway. They would have been there celebrating this day. Um, We read in the Bible, it says they were gathered in in the house, but scholars think that might mean um, perhaps a room in the temple, that they would have been in the temple or maybe in the temple courts because it was the festival day. And that's what they would do. They would be there because they would be there to listen to the Bible readings and all the different things that were going on for Shavuot, for the Feast of Weeks. And it commemorated two main things, okay? It commemorated, it was a celebration of the, the harvest the, the, and they would bring their first fruits, the wheat harvest. Um, it was a celebration of that. But it was also uh, commemorating the giving of the law on Mount Sinai when Moses received the commandments. So it was a celebration of that time, that moment when Moses and the Israelites who were in the wilderness gathered together and that amazing event that took place where that covenant was made between Moses and the Israelites and God, the giving of the law, that's what they were commemorating. So I'm sure this moment and this day was quite a spectacular day when suddenly and surprisingly, supernaturally, the Holy Spirit comes and there is a sound, we're told, like a mighty rushing wind. That would be quite awesome, wouldn't it? To be there 
to hear that sound like a mighty rushing wind. So they're gathered for Shavuot to celebrate the harvest. They're celebrating the receiving of the Torah, the law, and they hear this sound and the spirit breaks through and it appears tongues of fire resting upon each person and they start speaking in different tongues. Now that's an amazing sight, yeah? That would be pretty amazing if we walked in here and we saw that. We'd be pretty excited, wouldn't we? Um, That's amazing for us. But I want us, as always, to put on our first century Jewish hats and think about it through their eyes and how amazing it would have been for them standing there. Okay? Because I want us to see something here, something that's happening, something of the beautiful unfolding plan of God. Now, you know I get quite excited sometimes about the Bible. Okay? We all do. But it's so good, isn't it? So good when we read things and we see things. Because sometimes we read something and we read it at face value. But if we dig a little bit deeper and we go a little bit further, we see something really beautiful, really spectacular in the outworking of God's plan. So, indulge me if you will, if we just go into a little bit of history and depth here. But stay with me, okay? So, at this time, what you've got to imagine is that you've got the first century Jews, okay? They are celebrating the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Now, we know about that account because we've got it in our Bible and we can read about it. But, in their mind, in their thinking, they had more than what was just written in the Scripture, in the Torah. They had, in their mind, a legend of what took place on Mount Sinai, okay? That goes beyond what is just written in our scriptures and in the Bible. So, they believed in this legend, and you can read this legend in the Jewish commentaries. Jews have lots of commentaries that go with the scriptures that Jewish scholars write, and it's written in there, and you can read these things. And the legend was this, that not only was Moses and the Israelites gathered and the giving of the law came on Mount Sinai, but at that time they heard a divine voice, and it divided itself into 70 tongues into 70 languages. Now that 70 languages is associated with nations. Whenever you read that 70, it's associated with nations. And all that were gathered there at Mount Sinai to receive the law heard the same words, they heard the same voice, but it was corresponding to each individually. Now that sounds quite familiar, does it not? With what's going on in Acts chapter 2, where they're hearing this, this thing, they're hearing this wind, and people are speaking different languages and different tongues to different people. Okay, so there's kind of this similarity going on there. Now this, coupled with the fact that it actually says in our scripture in the Bible, when Moses received the commandments, there was thunder, there was lightning, there were sounds of trumpets, and there was smoke. So we know that happened, it's biblical. So all that happened when they received the Ten Commandments. So they're here now with all that in their mind, not only the biblical stuff, but what's in the legend as well. And now they're looking at this event that is unfolding before their eyes in Acts 2. The exact event that they're commemorating, the giving of the law, was kind of being seen again here in Acts 2. That was the giving of the law, but now something even more amazing was being given. The Holy Spirit, God's presence here, on earth. And I wonder perhaps, did God use that legend? I'm going to unpack that a little bit more. You know, although it could 
be true as well. We don't know. We don't have everything in our scriptures, do we? Did, did God use that to perhaps show the first century Jews the significance of what was happening in Acts chapter 2 here with the coming of the Holy Spirit? Because there's more. It's exciting, isn't it? Yes. Because on, Shavu- on this festival day, there would be, and there still is today, so the Jews will be gathered on the same day as us celebrating Pentecost, and they will be reading a number of different things from Scripture. And one of the traditional readings comes from Ezekiel. Okay? Ezekiel chapters 1 and 3. Now, if you know Ezekiel well, you'll know what that, that is. I'm not going to read the whole passage to you. But it's weird and it's wonderful, and it's a famous vision that Ezekiel the prophet had. And in that vision, there are creatures, there's four creatures, there's wings, there's lots of chariot wheels, um, there's stormy winds, there's great clouds, there's brightness, there's fire flashing forth continually. So more fire, more wind, more noise, more power. Okay? So this is one of the traditional readings from Ezekiel, this vision. The amazing thing about that is there's a parallel here between Mount Sinai and the receiving of the law and this vision, again, in the first century Jews' mind. Because the legend of Mount Sinai also contained this. It said that God descended and there were angels and there were chariots as well on Mount Sinai. So whether that happened or not, that was in their mind, that was in their thinking. Okay? And the biblical basis for that is that Moses in his final words at the end of Deuteronomy says this, the Lord came from Sinai and he came with the holy ones from his right hand went a fiery law for them, thinking the angels. And then Psalm 68 says the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Ah, okay, so Acts 2, you've got all these Jews gathered They're watching this thing, this amazing move of God on the day that they are celebrating and commemorating the giving of the law which looks, and in their mind of the legend, a little bit like what is going on there. Tied in with the reading of Ezekiel, the vision that Ezekiel had. For the Jewish follower, Ezekiel's vision is a personal expression of an ancient pattern. Ezekiel's vision reveals what the Jews think the Israelites saw at Mount Sinai. So that's why they read it, that's why it's important. And with this vision, Ezekiel was appointed as watchman of the house of Israel. He was sent to the Israelites to speak to them. Um, in chapter 3 of Ezekiel in verses 4 and 5 it says this and he said to me this is to Ezekiel son of man go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them for you are not sent to a people of foreign language foreign speech and a hard language but to the house of Israel not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language whose words you cannot understand so Ezekiel was given that vision to be sent to speak to the Israelites, to speak to the house of Israel. He was posted as a watchman of that. So the Jews are there. Excuse me, the Jews are there. The people are gathered on this day, witnessing Acts 2, witnessing the power of the Spirit coming upon them, upon the people there. 
commemorating this great manifestation of God's divine presence when the people received the law. That's what they're commemorating. They're reading the great manifestation of God to the prophet Ezekiel, which ties in with what happened on Mount Sinai in their thinking. And now they're seeing this other great manifestation of God, which is similar, but obviously quite different. I think that's interesting, don't you? I think that's really cool. These three manifestations of God's divine presence being outplayed. And the first, Mount Sinai, God makes his covenant with his people. Basically, he says, look, guys, he said it just like that, look, guys, I'm going to give you this law, and uh, if, you do, if, you, you know, if you do what I say, I'll have your back. Basically, something like that, in a nutshell. Okay? And he gives them this law and um, he wants them basically to follow his laws to reflect who he is, to reflect his holiness. That's why, um, you know, God gives us his, his law so that we can reflect who he is, reflect his beauty and his holiness and to live the best possible life we can live. So that's what he's doing there on Mount Sinai. Here is my law I'm going to give you to reflect my holiness. The second manifestation of God is God coming to Ezekiel and commissioning Ezekiel to proclaim his word to Israel. He's given the task to be watchmen. God is saying to Ezekiel, look, I want you to go to your people, to the Israelites, I want you to speak to them. Some of them were getting a bit wayward, they needed a bit of speaking to. Okay, so Ezekiel was going to go and be a prophet to the people. And then that third manifestation is this public commissioning of the disciples to take the gospel out to the world. It was to proclaim God to all people and proclaim the praises in every tongue, in every language. And that's what happens because afterwards you see Peter goes out, he preaches, lives are transformed and changed, thousands of people come to know who Christ is. There's a new level to go to and the Holy Spirit comes in Acts 2 to usher in a new day to empower the followers of Jesus Christ, to give them the boldness to go out to all the world to preach the gospel, to tell all nations of who Jesus is. What a beautiful unfolding of God's plan, of how all that just fits together. And the people there in Acts 2, the first century Jews, when they were witnessing what was happening, they had to make a decision. What were they going to do? Were they going to follow this Jesus? Were they going to embrace the Holy Spirit? Embrace this infilling of power? Not for themselves, but for others. Not just to make their life feel better, but to go and proclaim the Gospel. And I think that exact same question comes to us today, doesn't it? We are gathered here and we are going to be celebrating the actual Pentecost but Pentecost is always there for us. And the same question will come to us. Are we going to be the type of Christian? Are we going to be the type of Jesus follower who stays at level one, okay, with Mount Sinai when God manifests his presence there and asks his people to be holy and to reflect the law? 
Are we going to stay at that level where we say, yes, Lord, I'll follow your laws, I'll follow your commandments, and I'll reflect your holiness, I'll reflect your beauty. I'm going to live that good Christian life. We could stay there. The people there, the first century Jews, in that moment could have said, no, we're just going to stay there. We're going to settle at that level where we just reflect your law and your holiness. That's how we're going to live. Or we're going to go to the next level that Ezekiel was at to reach his people, to reach his community. He was commissioned to be a watchman of the house of Israel. Are we going to be at that level where, yes, we do the reflecting of the law and reflecting of the holiness, we try our best to live a good, holy life, but also we're going to be people who reach out to our community, this place, here, us, the fellowship of believers, where we speak to one another, where we look out for one another, where we care for one another, where we become watchmen for the house, this house of God. That's another level of Christianity that we can come to, where we care for one another and we're here for one another. And that's great. And that's needed. Both those levels are needed. Okay? And in our Christian journey, we can go between those two things. We want to be people that live holy lives. We want to be people that reflect God's law. We want to be people that immerse ourselves in the community of believers. I was speaking ages ago about the church, the early church in Acts, way back last year, about looking out for one another and being here for one another and, and being together. And Ezekiel was commissioned to his people, one language, to speak in one language. And we can choose to be here as people in the house speaking one language, the language of church, the language of the house, the language that we understand between ourselves. Or we can go a little bit further. The same question is posed to us today. Do we want to go to that next level that is found in Acts 2? Where we're commissioned to go, to speak to the nations, to speak of to people of different languages and different tongues, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to preach the gospel that will transform lives. The question was there to the first century Jews. What are you going to do? Are you going to get this? And remember, the empowering is not for us. I mean, it's great, isn't it, to have great times here in, in the building. We need that, where the Spirit moves and we're empowered, that's, that's really important. But that's because we're being sent out. That's because we need to go, and we need to speak, and we need to share to people at work, to people in our homes, to people in our communities. We need the Spirit, and the Acts 2 was ushering in a new day. It was a new day. And that's why we're a Pentecostal church, because we really believe in this. We really think it's important. Tell you why I think it's important, not just because it's a biblical mandate, but I know myself, and I'm not very strong. And I know that I can't do what I need to do. I know I can't fulfil God's calling. I can't fulfil God's purposes. I can't go and proclaim the gospel without the Spirit impacting my life. I can't do it. I'm too weak and I'm too afraid and I'm too sinful on my own. 
So I need the empowerment of God's Spirit to get me to go, to be bold, to be strong, to have strength, because little old me can't do it. Paul was saying last week about moving on, going. But we can't do that in our own strength, can we? We need the Spirit. We need to be empowered by God, by the Holy Spirit. And you see, after this event took place, what we've got in Acts is a description of the early church and all that was going on and all that was being done in the early church. And it's really interesting to read. The baptism of the Holy Spirit released the church. It released it into power. It released it into witness. Thousands of people came to know Christ because of what took place. That's exciting for us. That the move of the Spirit here will mean a move out there for things to happen. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, yeah, that's all well and good. But I don't feel like God would choose me or use me to be anointed to do great things. You know, sometimes we we suffer in the Christian circle, don't we, of a little bit celebrity culture. Yeah, I do it, so I'm guessing you guys do it, because I always think that. I hope that's right. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, you look at Christians who seem to be up there because, like, they're doing, like, they're seeing miracles before breakfast and, you know, they're, like, just everything is just going, you know, they've brought a thousand people to Christ and and you're like, ah, when's the last time I brought them to Christ? Um, So we have this, don't we, sometimes, this little league in the Christian tables of who's the most anointed and, you know, whatever. And you look at people and you think, well, look at me. I, I can't be used like that. You know what? The thing is, is that you can. We can. We all can. It's clear in Scripture that the Holy Spirit was for everybody, all people, all nations, all tribes, all tongues, all ages, all genders. It was for everybody. God does not look at us and say, no, you're not, you're not going to be the one this person is. The only thing, the only reason why some people seem up here because they're seeing great works of God, they're seeing God use them in fantastic ways. The only reason they're up there is because they have made themselves available for that. They have placed themselves in that position to allow God to move in their life in such a way. And we have that choice as well. But it, it, it takes effort and time from us as well but we have that choice we have that choice to sacrifice we have that choice to say God use me whatever we have that that choice to surrender and that choice to be in the presence of God so if we make ourselves available yes God will use us all of us not for the person sat next to you although yes they probably do look extremely holy but we are all God's children and God wants to equip us with his spirit. He wants to empower us. He wants you to see great things happening in your life, with your friends, with your family, with your work situations. It's not just for some holy some holy person out there. It's for us. It's for all of us. Let's look at the scripture in Acts 10, 46, verse 46. It says this. For they heard them speaking in tongues 
and praising God. Who, who was speaking in tongues and praising God? It was the Gentiles. The Spirit had gone to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. So whereas it, it started with falling on the disciples, the Holy Spirit, and, and coming and empowering the Jews, it was now with the Gentiles. It had, the day of Pentecost was happening in the home of Cornelius. Now it was one thing for the Jews to think God loves the Gentiles. You know, they had to get their heads around that. All right? Um, but it's another to know that the Gentiles are now receiving the Holy Spirit as well, just as the Jews were. And more than that, they're receiving the Holy Spirit in the exact same way that the apostles were receiving the Holy Spirit. Nobody was more special, more chosen than anybody else. It's whether we want it. It's whether we want to put ourselves in that place and say, here I am. Just like Samuel, here I am, send me. The same Holy Spirit can come on me and you as did back then in Acts 2 with the apostles. It's the same God. It's the same Spirit working in our lives. There's no difference and there is no difference amongst age. The, the Holy Spirit, God can come and move on our children as much as he can move on us, yes? doesn't matter who we are, our age, our gender, our education, our experiences. The power of God can shake our community. It can fill us with power so that it can stir us to stir our island to make a difference and to be significant. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God in our lives. And that is why this week I wanted to share a little bit about Pentecost and what it is. Because next week I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask us all, are we wanting to go to that level to say, God, here I am, Will you fill me with your spirit? Empower me so that I might go and make an impact, that I might go and see lives changed and transformed. And some of you here, many of you will have been baptised with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a definite time when you can remember and you can say, yes, that was the day. Not just a spirit living in us as a Christian, because that's, that's what happens, but a definite time when you say, yes, I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and on that day I might have received the gift of tongues, I might have received the gift of teaching, evangelism, whatever it might be. Have we got a definite moment where we can say, yeah, I was baptised with the Holy Spirit? (coughs) Many of us will. Some of us won't. And I want to think about that. I want to talk about that next week. Because there's many questions about that. What is that? What is tongue speaking? So that when I come back on the 16th after Pentecost, we can spend some time together, praying for one another, praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to be here that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It could be at home. It could be walking on the cliffs. It could be anywhere that the Holy Spirit can come on us and empower us. How do we know we've been baptised in the Holy Spirit? We're empowered. We're given a boldness. We're given a strength that will take us further and deeper and excite us more. And sometimes we can get the wonderful gift of speaking in tongues or the wonderful gift of something else as well. So I'm just laying the foundation this week so that next week when I speak we can talk about that a little bit further. I'm going to invite the worship band back up.
I know I'm speaking to a group of people who are on board with me, which is good, <laughs> which is great. But we need the Holy Spirit, don't we? Because everything we do otherwise is just us. It's just us. It's just programs. It's just us. It's just us. And I need in my life, even though I've been baptised with the Holy Spirit, there was a definite moment in my life when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit and I received the gift of tongues. Although that was a definite moment in my life, I know that I need continually to encounter God's Spirit all the time afresh. We don't leak, as it were, you know, because the Spirit of God is in us, but we just need sometimes a fresh encounter, don't we? And I know that when my sister was here, you, a lot of people were prayful for that. And we're going to spend time again in a couple of weeks praying for baptism in the Holy Spirit, but praying too for fresh encounters of God's Spirit as well. Not just for us, though. Not just so we have a great time in God's presence. Because I love that. And I'm safe with that. I'm really safe with you guys. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> Some of you. But I want it because I want to be more effective. I want to be more effective in my witness. I'm getting a bit dissatisfied with the fact that I'm not seeing people in my life change and transform for Christ. I want it to be, I want to be different. And I need that fresh encounter with the Spirit. I'm sure we all do. Let's stand together. Are we going to say, yes, God, Take me to that next level. I don't want to just reflect your holiness. I don't just want to follow your law. I could live at that level, Lord, but we don't want to live at that level. We don't want to just be doing the rules. We could move into a place where we love each other here and we minister to one another and we have a great time being church and doing our Christian life in that way. But God, we don't want to stay there. And we want to move. We want to move on. We want to have a fresh encounter of your spirit to empower us, to take us further, deeper in you, but also to have a boldness, an equipping to take your gospel out. Father, would you come and meet with us over these next few weeks as we just focus on Pentecost as we focus on your spirit Lord God would you stir something in our hearts and quicken our hearts God would you open up your scriptures more and more to us so that we have a a better understanding and Lord I pray that your spirit would give us new gifts gifts that we may never have expected we could receive. I pray that each person here will know that the Spirit and the gifts are for them, not for the next person, not for someone else, but for them. Lord, let us place ourselves in the position where we are ready to receive your Spirit and ready to move and ready to go. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. 
For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelin.co.uk.